all, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast, available on YouTube, on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. Watched a lot of wrestling. I'm David. I'm a noob. Haven't watched nearly as much wrestling, and I just came back from the hospital. Sandman's going to be okay, you guys. Uh, well, actually. Oh. Oh, no. Story. We'll oh. get to it. Oh, no. But- oh, no. <laughs> All right, so first note of the night, Sandman is not okay, you guys. No, okay. So we are uh, back in ECW 1994, continuing our arc through Sandman versus Tommy Dreamer. Last time we were here, Tommy Dreamer, during an I Quit match, accidentally knocked the Sandman's cigarette into his eye, causing the Sandman's eye to get burned. And so he had to go to the hospital and they were unsure of his condition. Yeah. Uh, again, they, I thought for sure that it was going to be our boy dreamer in the hospital and it was going to be so epic that he took it to the extreme, but no, not, not only was it like dreamer got his ultimate revenge on the Sandman by burning his eye out. It was also as played in kayfabe completely on accident, which thinking about it later, I was kind of like, I feel like that, flies in the face a little bit of the extremeness here like i keep making this point for as much as ecw is currently posturing itself as we are extreme they sure hand ring about a lot of shit and and and, and, and inconsistent about what they was very about. concerned about oh my god i'm so sorry i didn't mean to do that oh my god i'm so sorry fuck <laughs> But, but but it's okay it's okay it's the extreme company you can it's fine it's the same company that's currently talking up how tough and awesome Sabu is because his it ribs are fucked, but he keeps wrestling anyway because he's crazy. He's suicidal, homicidal, and genocidal. Yeah, uh, which I guess is a big thing to market yourself on. I don't know why you'd want to be proud of being genocidal, but okay. Yeah. Uh, so this episode is the follow-up to the Sandman's injury. And in fact... This is our first pay-per-view episode of this arc. We've otherwise just been watching ECW Hardcore TV. Well, pay-per-view. ECW didn't get on pay-per-view for real until 1997. But, you know, this is functionally what this that is. Wait, what, what's, the, what's the difference? Uh, for them, they just, like, taped these shows and then released them on VHS. Oh, <laughs> oh. So it's pay to buy the VHS. Yeah, it's, it's essentially a pay-per-view. But they weren't on pay-per-view because they were a rinky-dink um, uh, a wrestling company at yeah, the time. Yeah, indie little nothing. So PPVHS, got it. Yeah, PPVHS. Uh, specifically, uh, November to Remember, uh, one of their uh, bigger name uh, events. Uh, in the build-up to this, they actually talked a ton about the original November to Remember show in '93 and how all these member, all these wrestlers made names of themselves, like the Public Enemy and the Sandman, on oh. this show. So, who, what's going to happen tonight? Isn't was that like their first ever show? Yeah, uh, they're uh, no, they, but it was one of their earlier shows under the ECW name. Uh, I see, I see. And was it like these people? Was it was it these people like debuting or having really specifically cool bouts, or is it that just them talking shit? Up? I mean, like, it was. Rel- I mean, it was relatively big name. Like, it was you know it was like at that time where like older, more established NWA guys were still working ECW at the time. Oh, so you know, 
these new guys beating the old guys was be like, hey, oh, hey okay, that's guys cool. beat a name you knew. That's cool. Okay, that's that's actually pretty dope. All right, carry yeah. On. And they did a whole mu- advertisement where they took the music video for Guns N' Roses November Rain and just spliced in ECW highlights. As 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 you do, because ECW does not give a fuck about copyright. No, they don't. It was pretty dope, though. Uh, uh, dude, no, seriously. If copyright weren't a thing, wrestling could make itself even more fucking dope by just taking all this, like, already licensed shit and just splicing themselves over it. Now, like, uh, using popular music to get wrestling over a weird concept that could never work. Like, it's dope when you do get original shit and you can get some fun stuff. I, I, I will always be here for instead of having any pre-existing music, the dynamite intro screams at us. It's the show we've all been waiting on. And I, I love I love getting to, to hear Mikey Ruckus scream directly in my ear that it's all about the boom. However, mm-hmm. man, sometimes when you can when you can Leo point meme at a at a at a song, it it, it, it just it just amps you up a little bit, you know? So, yeah. you know, no shot there. Of course. <clears throat> so we are going to go down uh, this card of this show. If you've never done w- watch one of our pay-per-view shows, we do not ever have the time to just watch a full three-hour show. Hell uh, no. help, November to remember is only two and a half hours, so I didn't have to cut down as much. Yay. We prepared this down to a two-hour cut of the most important bits, but I will run down the card and tell you what we are and are not watching. So the first match of the show Hack Myers versus JT Smith. We're not watching it. It has no story. Yay! Uh, the next match of the show is the Bad Breed versus the Pitbulls. It has no story, but we're gonna watch it because I wanted to watch the Pitbulls kick ass. Actually, okay. And I had time. We had time. So, Pitbulls especially because of ass. the thing at the end of the show, oh. we had time to do that. We had time to fit this in. All right, time for us to get to some story shit. Uh, Mr. Hughes versus Two Cold Scorpio. All right, this one is weird because it was supposed to be Two Cold Scorpio versus Born Again, Matt Bourne. Yes. And Matt Bourne is gone from the company. Really? Wait. Already gone. Wait, why? Um, Matt Bourne alleges that he had a chance to do a European tour and base. And then he, so he left to do that with Paul Heyman's blessing. And then Paul Heyman never called him back a month later. Jesus. Other, other sources suggest it's because Matt Bourne at this time was having a lot of drug problems. Oh no. Uh, He got fired from WWE for a lot of that reason too. And oh, wait, wait, it wasn't just the you're not on board with us turning doink face. Yes, shit. it was also it was also drug addiction issues. Ah, well, that that feels like that. I feel like I'm aping a bit. You said recently, but that feels a lot like the uh, Al Capone getting arrested on tax fraud of getting kicked out of the <laughs> WWE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so there are rumors that it was also drug problems with ECW that made him of unreliable course. and got him cut. And it's a damn fucking shame. Because honestly, I was getting into what he was doing a little bit. And so what really? he was doing with the Matt Born Born Again character is that he, when he wrestled matches, including he wrestled Two Cold Scorpio, 
after he beat two cold Scorpio, well, he got like DQ'd, hitting him with a chair or some shit. He took the doink the clown mask and put it on two cold Scorpio, and he would do this with every opponent he beat. He would put the clown mask on them. And he manifesto posted in a promo about how about how he we live in a society so fucked up that like his time as doink the clown broke him and he needs everybody else to feel his pain and humiliation of being dressed like a clown so, so he's he gonna make everyone else feel his pain so literally it's we live in a society joker posting a little bit yeah oh my fucking god heath ledger could never yeah that's where Heath Ledger got the inspiration for this performance. Yeah. <laughs> Heath Ledger, big doink the clown guy. Absolutely. And Two Cold Scorpio was just like, man, this this fucking weird, man. You're fucking weird. You're fucking crazy, dude. But yeah, all right, cool. if you want to like he wouldn't be the type to like be parlay to that. He's like, you're you're kind of crazy, dude, but I guess if you want to fight, I'll kick your ass. And and oh, well, uh, and it was going to be the pay per view. Yeah, it was going to be on November to remember. It was going to be Matt Bourne versus Two Cold Scorpio, but he's gone. So now he's Two Cold's going to fight Mr. Hughes. And do they have any reason they put in for shoehorning Mr. Hughes because, instead? Or- because Hughes and Bourne are both under the employ of uh, Shane Douglas. Uh, uh, uh yes. Right no, he's, wait. So Hughes still is with Douglas. Yeah, though. Hughes. It, Douglas now has Hughes and Bourne. Well, he did. Now it's just okay. Hughes again. Well, maybe maybe Hughes just went on vacation. That's why he disappeared for a second. Yeah, it was weird. All right, here's the. I'm gonna save the the Tommy Dreamer match and the Sandman stuff for last. Fair enough. So moving, but that is the fourth match of the show. Okay. Uh, the next up is Dean Malenko and the Tasmaniac. Uh, we it's basically a continuation of where we've been for them. We've already talked about it. Is Dean Malenko is the shooter who's there to help Jason keep his title that he is now serenading with love songs. Yeah, I, I was at work today, and I didn't really get a chance to look at any of the shit you sent me. My apologies, but sure. I did see something about serenading the title, and I was yeah, like, Yeah, huh. Jason cut a promo where he's like whispering in bed, laying in bed and whispering to his title TV title belt while his promos are playing on like the CRTV. <laughs> Jason is an egomaniacal nutbag. And he then sing I don't I didn't pay attention. I didn't catch what song he sang, but he literally sang a love song to his title belt and then explained that he is known as ECW's most eligible bachelor. Of course. But he wants to let all the persons out there know that they will only be second fiddle, his mistress in comparison to his title jason really said polyamory and one of the partners is a title belt yep amazing he's fucking that title hierarchical polyamory too fucking cringe okay and so dean malenko is there to help him keep that title and the tasmaniac doesn't appreciate dean malenko brother so they're gonna have their match Okay. Okay. Yeah. I. I look. I'm always here for more Taz. Let's. 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 And. And I. I. Man. I would love to see the egomaniacal nutbag Jason get beat up a little bit. So hell yeah. 
Yeah. And so next up is Shane Douglas defending the World Heavyweight Championship against Ron Simmons. Uh, you've seen him on this show as Farouk. Oh, one oh, half oh, of the... Farouk! Yeah. He is... Uh, before this, he was... Before he came to the WWE and got a goofy gladiator gimmick and called and they called him Farouk. He just went by his real name, Ron Simmons. And oh, okay, cool. at this point in time, he's an ex WCW. I think he was WCW champion by this point. Um, okay. Ron Simmons, I think has the distinction of being like the very first, of abs, the very first African-American NWA champion. Oh, I, I think like that I've is, is that before. it was either. He's the first black WCW champion or the first black NWA champion. I don't remember which is specifically he has. He gets to claim for that. But basically, he's out of WCW by this point. And so Shane Douglas is doing his usual shit. And he's happy to beat an ex-football player, ex-WCW guy. Wait, he was also an ex-football player? Yeah, he played football. He was All-American for Florida State. Oh, damn, Farouk. Farouk's got some talent. Okay, hell yeah. Yeah, so... Shane Douglas is always happy to kick some ex-WCW guys' ass so he can keep talking about how this is the real professional wrestling company in in the, in this sport today, not yeah. some cartoon I, I show. Hope, I, I sure hope Ron is ready to become an effigy in Shane Douglas's mind for fucking Ric Flair. Oh, boy. Yeah, because Ric Flair still has not accepted his challenge to do a shoot fight at Disney World. Wow, <laughs> so. what an absolute shot. I still don't I have no idea what the kayfabe on that is and I don't I with someone like Shane Douglas, I don't know if I'll ever really be able to tell what the kayfabe on that is cuz I could see him like doing it as a meme. I could also kind of see him meaning it, especially since it's the same guy who like I think on some, level, the, the, the think on some level he meant it. Oh, of course. I think of course. he was very bitter about in his mind, Ric Flair was a big reason why he failed out of WCW, and so I think he never let that go. Wait, he blamed Flair for for failing out of WCW. Yeah, he he alleges that Ric Flair politicked to basically keep bury Shane Douglas. Why? And, okay, whatever. You know that's that's his story about it, and I think that says a lot. But okay. they've not interacted on TV. Uh, they Ron Simmons. <laughs> Ron Simmons showed up to save, uh, to to uh, confront him like at a house show, but it was not on hardcore TV that I saw. So, okay, well, they just announced know, early that ECW, this is going to early ECW. They just announced that hey, that's going to be the the uh, that's going to be the match. All right, well, let's do it. Let's why not? Next match up: the Public Enemy versus Cactus Jack and Mikey Whipwreck for the tag team championships. Yeah, I gotta say, this is the worst two nickels moment in the history of this show for me. Why? Because if I had a nickel for every time I had to sit through a fucking brawl game match, that's the one where if you knock your opponent down for a 10 count, you can use a baseball bat. Oh, this I would have two nickels because Good. that's this tag, tag title match is a brawl game no match. god damn it yeah god why because this they they made this the signature match of the public enemy <laughs> so good to know that i never have to take the public enemy fucking seriously ever 
Damn, that's a shame too. This 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 matchup got me a hype, especially with Cactus Jack and Mikey Whipwreck teaming together. What the hell? That's so dope. Yeah, so we d- we don't really hear from Jack and Whipwreck uh on this series of episodes in the month of episodes it's been since we last were here. Uh but the public enemy of course cut a promo every goddamn show. Um but basically we do get a little more backstory on the public enemy of them basically talking about how they grew up on the streets and how when they got out of prison they were dropped off in front of the ECW arena and that's when they decided to become wrestlers. And basically they have tied their self their self-worth and success as wrestlers to being tag team champions and now they're not having them they're basically going crazy uh oh oh boy that's a lot to unpack oh no they're just obsessed with beating people with baseball bats until they get those titles back yeah i'm starting to think their calling wasn't really as pro wrestlers you know, just a thought that maybe there's some underlying issues there that might need to be addressed. Yeah. So, uh, the last match of the show that we will not be watching is Chris Benoit versus Sabu for the Chris Benoit reasons. For the Chris but basically, Benoit, Benoit is, continues to just kind of be like the best wrestler here, so we're just going to have him keep wrestling matches. Thanks. Sure, sure. And he is facing Sabu because Sabu is a maniac. He is the uh, suicidal, homicidal, genocidal. And he is determined to prove it. This is a test for both Sabu and Benoit, if Benoit can hang with such a maniac. Wait, and, has Sabu not proven himself already by this point? Well, he he's concerned. Oh. He's concerned that there might be a, a a contender for the most suicidal, homicidal, genocidal uh, oh, uh, oh. wrestler. Well, and ironically, that's what Paul Heyman said in the promo. Well, yeah, well, well that didn't age very well. No. Oh, oh no. What? Whoa, okay. Yeah. I guess Sabu is psychic on top of being homicidal, suicidal, genocidal. Yes. <laughs> so Sabu and Benoit are set to go at it in the base in the main event of the show. Uh so if you would like to watch along with us, I mean it is on Peacock, and you know, unlike a lot of and honestly, the experience is probably more or less the same this time, except oh. for music stuff, because you know. There's no ads on this fucking program. Oh no, we're missing an essential component, Austin. I we are. They I saw another Tickety Ted ad, and I was like, yes, no, yes. I need to. I must know the Tickety Ted stories. I must. I want to. I want to know. Uh, also, shouts out to a local ad that was advertising a surf highlight DVD uh, VHS. Excuse me. It's just like a three-volume set of like 45-minute tapes of just people surfing really well. Whoa! Two hours and 15 minutes of, of just surfing surf, Of just watching people surf. Man, thank God for YouTube. Also, 
Also, I got an actual fucking like a trailer, a movie trailer for what? Francis Ford Coppola's Frankenstein movie. Oh my, is that the fucking one with Kenneth Branagh? Yes, it is. Oh. It's also the Kenneth Branagh one. Hey, oh, oh my god, that what a what, and and we're sure it's for frankenstein this time it's not gonna be like that fucking t2 as it's gonna be the making no, of Francis Ford no, Coppola's frankenstein. no this wasn't this wasn't a home video this was a like movie trailer as in like it's gonna be in theaters soon or whatever oh shit buddy the ecw stepping up their ad game they which are is really fucking lame give me my obscure shit back yeah <laughs> I mean, I, there was also a a how a uh, a tips and trick how to be good at pool VHS and how to get good at golf VHS. Once again, thank God for YouTube. It let everybody put out shit like this at much much more cheap manufacturing cost. Yeah, yeah. Imagine paying like twenty dollars for thirty bucks in the nineties for a VHS that gives you tips about how to be good at pool. Oh, That's- and. Complete toss-up as to whether any of it's actually worth a damn, too. Sure. Like, imagine paying money for those v- how-to VHSs. <laughs> we got it. We got it good with the YouTubes now, boys. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, that, none of that's going to be here tonight because it's a you know it's a show that ACW sold for home video release. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well. I forgot about Dreamer because I skipped it to come back to it. So, oh yes, which who? What a wild fucking uh, story development this has been. Okay, is the match? Uh, I will not say immediately what the match is, but basically, the week after the Sandman incident, Tommy Dreamer cut a promo in his house where he basically he can't sleep. He can't he can't stop thinking about it. It is haunting him. He continues to watch and rewatch the match. And it is just haunting him that this has happened. And he is so sorry. And he has now said that every match going forward that he has, he's doing it for the Sandman. Um, that, look, I know, like, you feel bad about this, but let's be clear, Sandman is still a rat bastard. Oh, just you wait. All right, we're not... The next week on the October 18th episode, it is revealed that that uh, the Sandman will have to medically retire because of his injuries. And they put together a, and they, and on this November to remember show will be Sandman's retirement ceremony. His farewell to the fans. The, the farewell. What the fuck? For, from an eye, from, from a burnt eye. Yes, he is permanently, he's never, he can never wrestle again. Because of a, We've seen other people wrestle in eye patches. He can never wrestle again. Oh, so, so terribly sorry. I understand now. And they have a call-in segment where, first of all, they get woman on the phone. And do. woman is like, yeah, I know that was a tragedy. But also, I still got a career. Sandman don't worth shit to me no more. Fuck, moving on from him, real easy. And on this show, and he, she announces it on November to remember, she will announce her new client that she will take to the top. Why am I not surprised? Why the absolute shit am I not surprised? And Joey Styles is like, you know, Sandman wasn't a nice guy, but her attitude sucks. 
God damn. ECW presents women be shopping. But then he but then we cut to another phone interview where they call in Tommy Cairo. And you might remember Tommy Cairo is literally why all this shit started. Yeah, yeah, the, way the back. Sandman, the Sandman thought Tommy Cairo was fucking his ex-wife Peaches. Well, fu- fucking fucking his and not paying for without, it without without paying for it the key the key thing he didn't pay the prostitution fee so tommy cairo is at home because he had been injured by the sandman last time uh they had fought with each other and he sits at home and he talks to him and he's talking about how you know it's it was so it was it was unbelievable to watch it happen he could he could barely stand it he couldn't stand that he wasn't there to do it himself. Hey, he basically is like the Sandman is a piece of shit. And nobody, nobody gave any thought to me when he injured me. So you know what? Fuck the Sandman. I'm glad he's retiring. Damn, I think Tommy Kyra's onto something here, man. And honestly, the best part might be is that they have Joey Styles in the background reacting at a low audio and you can just hear him faintly going like when he realizes what tommy cairo is doing he's like what what Kid, what are you what like he is he's stunned he is bamboozled he is a, he is a he is affronted it's absolutely hysterical. joey styles does way too much pearl clutching for the show that he's on dude i swear to christ yeah, that man no. is scandalized by everything fucking hell so Tommy Dreamer demands to confront Tommy Cairo for this kind for this bullshit. Why? Why do we care? Fuck the Sandman. Why are you booing Cairo? He's right. Essentially. And so he Tommy Cairo yells at this fight, the Sandman, the Sandman, uh Cairo, excuse me. He thinks it's disgusting that Dreamer is dedicating his his matches to the Sandman now. Which it is. He has, and he, and so Tommy Cairo is going to fight Tommy Dreamer at November to remember. Over? Okay, fine, fine. And maybe, and maybe, and I don't know, maybe to try to make Tommy, uh, Tommy uh, Cairo feel more like the actual heel instead of the designated heel. Uh, He does have a match with Mikey Ripwreck where he tries to put out Mikey Ripwreck's eye in the same way the Sandman got his eye uh, put out. Why? I don't know. It's not as compelling as the clown thing that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, but like, yeah, what, what, what the... But, but, He's just but, being a dick to Whipwreck for no reason. But Whipwreck's really. fine. Okay, whatever. Uh, so that is the match here: Tommy Dreamer versus Tommy Cairo. Uh, also, shouts out is that ECW had people call into the hotline to talk about the Sandman, and it's funny you did get some people who were like, "Yeah, the Sandman kind of deserved it." Uh, <laughs> but honestly, the best one was. Tommy Cairo called into the hotline just to talk more shit. Wait, no way. He did. They like do like a cut promo of like all these like people who called in and Cairo was in the middle of it. There's Tommy Cairo. Please. Wait, wait. Please tell me that was a work. Please tell me that was not planned on their part because that would be so 
fucking no, it's funny. Ob- no, it's a work because like they it's, it was an edited together like group of like phone calls. Damn it! God damn it! Son of a bitch! I would have loved it if they like completely unplanned. Cairo called in and was like, "And another thing." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Tommy Dreamer versus Tommy Cairo, and we're going to have the Sandman's farewell to the fans. And all the video packages are in that sat black and white filter with the sad music as if mm-hmm. he was, like, dead. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the, the favorite move of wrestling promotions make it sound like a wrestler's dead when they're really just retiring. And uh, I'm sure this is going to go off complete without a hitch. Yeah, so back to what I was talking about. Uh, Peacock obviously has the full show. Uh, however, we will be uh, doing a little bit of a piracy. Uh, yo ho, yo ho. Yes, the ECW re restoration project, ECW re dubs, basically is all the all the all of ECW's um, hardcore TV episodes, as well as all of their uh, release for home uh, media shows, like November to Remember, have been. Uh, they have had the original music redubbed in. So mm. you can watch all the November rain promos and uh, Allison Chains music and Nirvana, Pearl Jam and Nirvana and shit or whatever. Oh, yeah. You can, you can watch it as ECW as originally broadcast. Yes. We love our purism. Yep. Uh, so we will be back in the back half to talk about ECW November to Remember 1994. Hell yeah. And we are back. We have just finished the ECW November to remember 1994. Indeed we have. And it was certainly something to remember. This was a, this was a very, um, I think I can call this unique experience for me so Mm -hmm. far on this, on this podcast. The, the the feeling of an ECW pay-per-view I quickly realized is truly um unlike any other that I've that I've heretofore uh, watched, observed, analyzed, existentially absorbed for this show, I think. It was a rough one. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad. I'm glad I'm not the only one who thought that. It had I, it had its moments to be sure, yeah. but uh, wow, this felt more like a slow episode of Dynamite or something than an actual like pay per view. Mm-hmm. But I guess comp- I guess when you stack it up relative to what the standard television fare for ECW was, this you know, is definitely it's, it's, higher up. I think. This, this, yeah, in some ways, yes. In a, in a couple weird little ways, no. Hmm. But we'll get there. Sure. Uh, we open the show with apparently they had it. They just said they filmed like the almost like pre-show stuff that like to warm up the crowd. Yeah. So that felt weird. Like they yeah, just have, like, you have the announcer room. out there has like mm-hmm. a goddamn plastic grocery bag that once he makes some opening announcements, he pulls some hats out of that he starts chucking into the crowd and man if that ain't just the most low budget ecw shit i've seen off the bat oh boy mm-hmm. but no he, he starts off just like yelling names to get the crowd to pop it's kind of yeah weird. 
yeah. And then he's like, now all rise for the extreme version of the national anthem. He says very nonchalantly. He said that completely unironically. This as... man said extreme a couple times with the just complete disinterest dripping from his vocal cords. Yeah. So the extreme version of the national anthem is one that is played on a heavily distorted electric guitar. Yeah. And it kind of seems like the electric guitarist is struggling a little. Like he seems to be taking some awkward pauses to find what the fuck his next chord is. Well, I took that to mean that he, I will go ahead and skip ahead here. Is that he, I took the pauses to mean like, he's supposed to be noticing nine one one. I and guess, it's like but it doesn't getting distracted. Well. It it doesn't help that there's no camera to show his face. Like the only camera they have is overhead from behind. Yeah, but anyway, he, so he's he's struggling through the national anthem on electric guitar, very extreme. And, and out comes nine one one and Paulie dangerously. And what does nine one one do? But he says, choke slam. He says fuck America, and choke slams the guitarist and meanwhile paul Heyman is i guess some by some definition shredding yeah was he it kind of felt like he plays he a couple of, he plays a couple of notes i thought he did that as like a meme and to like purposefully sound bad i don't know how intentional he was at sounding bad but he was definitely playing something he was he he definitely made guitar noises vaguely and then uh, the but crowd, yeah, like a bunch of psychopaths, maybe. like the crowd, like a bunch of psychopaths, are like one more time. Yeah. And so nine nine one one choke slams the guitarist again. Again, we have found the crowd even more bloodthirsty than goddamn Lucha Underground. Yeah, and you know nine one one probably saved us from having to watch that guy do some like freestyle guitar solo at the high it was, note it part. It was fun too because I like I I was gonna I I was watching this guy play this national anthem unironically on electric guitar and i'm like this is probably one of those dudes who you know performs what is ostensibly some kind of countercultural art but then like you get him to open up about his political positions and he's saying the most like yuppie conservative like <laughs> lame bullshit you've ever heard but also if he was in on like 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 he's shredding here. Then you sit him down and and ask him like, what he thinks about like the state of morals in America. He's like, well, you see, I think there's a there's a pandemic of, of degeneracy, and and I use my sick riffs to rail against that. Um, but but also rage for the machine. Rage for the machine. Truly, for. truly. No, but like I want to believe that like if I I, I want to hope that that if this guy was in on this then maybe he's actually chill who knows but and anyway um but yeah so so 901 choke slams choke slams this dude and then you know paul's doing his paul thing then they kind of head over down to the ring and in the meantime the announcer is like now let's give it up or let's uh let's give a salute uh to the voice of ecw and we see fucking joey styles like come out to where the guitar dude is and like check on him while the announcers like being like let's give a salute to the voice of ecw joey sounds like clearly like what, what is the why, why what is do i do with this where's why is there a corpse up here now yeah what he he's so so 
I guess he was getting saluted while he was trying to figure out how the fuck basic first aid works. Sure. But, but then outcome the 911 have made it back to the ring and they start chasing the ring announcer. Yeah, fuck the ring announcer too, I guess. And 911 choke slams the ring announcer. Yeah. And Paul gets on mic and is like, I fucking hate your announcing. It yep. sucks so much. We can say we're, the we're, fuck word. Isn't that neat? We can say the F word, guys. We're on, not on TV. Yay. It's the so crowd cool. are a bunch of maniacs. And they were like, and they chant one more time again. And speaking of the crowd being a bunch of maniacs, there's a dude in the front row with the sign that says, bring out the five-year-olds. I don't what? know what that means, and I don't want to know. Got a sign guy. Concerned. Yeah, this this was like the sign guy of the show. He had all this a diff this man had a different sign for every match. It was he did. nuts. No. So Paul Heyman, he get 911 picks up the ring announcer guy, and before he choke slams him again, Paul Heyman takes his stupid giant brick phone because Paul Hay <laughs> Paulie dangerously is car carries a cell phone. Proper for 1994, which is oh, a yeah. brick. Yes. Oh, absolutely. You, so he you, takes you have... his brick phone and clonks the ring announcer with it, and then 911 jokes. Also, in the middle of this, Joey Styles hops on his mic for about two seconds to be like, testing the hot mic, testing the hot mic. Can you testing, hear me down there? testing. And I'm like, I feel like you right now. really should have done this ahead of time, my guy. Mm hmm. Well, I guess if this is the pre-show, this is technically ahead of time, but, like, it got fucking recorded. Okay, so EMS comes out to attend to the dead ring announcer, and the crowd starts goddamn chanting for CPR like it's somebody's finishing move. Jesus Christ, people. These people are freaks. Absolute insanity. So, Holy we cut, shit. We, they, they cart off this ring announcer. <laughs> On the, the on a stretcher, yeah, and we just move on with the show, okay? Okay, but it's a different ring announcer than yeah. They is, have two uh, ring announcers. One because they one was only there to just get killed, and then they have the real one to do the show. <laughs> Why? What? Oh my god, this is so weird. Okay, because nothing gets this guy the crowd fired up more than nine one one choke slamming somebody yeah again shout out to paulie dangerously for taking a man with ostensibly no fucking in-ring talent and just turning him into the biggest hype machine in the entire company just because yeah, he could choke slam a motherfucker yep so uh the first match on the show that we skipped jt smith versus ha beat hack myers and after the match they brawled to the back uh amazing uh, before we move on to the real show, I, I feel like I should just go ahead and say what happened in the other match. We skipped at the end of the show, so we don't have to end on a match we didn't watch. Yes. Uh, so Chris Benoit versus Sabu happens for a couple of minutes until Chris Benoit botches a back body drop and legitimately injures, uh, severely injures Sabu's spinal cord. Yeah. And they have to have a 10 to sabu and on the fly two cold scorpio comes out and then benoit and two cold scorpio have a completely impromptu 12 minute match so that there is an actual main event to this show that, what the fuck that ends in a double count out because of course it does what the uh, fuck they they go fight out through the out into the ringside and public enemy tries to interfere, but Scorpio uh, chases him off 
it's fucking nuts. Uh, again, fun fact, Chris Benoit, one of his more infamous nicknames of his career is the crippler. And he legitimately started getting using and getting and using this nickname because of this botch that actually injured the back of Sabu. Holy shit. He crippled Sabu. He is therefore the crippler, Chris Benoit. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Oh, God. Yeah, okay, so, wild. Shout out to Scorpio for being the MVP here, I suppose. Yeah, so moving, now let's move back to the match yes. we actually watched. Real show. Uh, so, the, ne- the second match of the show, the Pitbulls, number one and number two. David yeah. The Pitbulls do not have names. I didn't realize that the Pitbulls were names like fucking Dr. Seuss sidekicks. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned it because I was going to if you didn't. <laughs> Chocolate Thunder. Anyway, yeah, no, yeah, fucking Pitbull One and Pitbull Two because I guess I don't know for some reason they don't have identities past the fact that they're both Pitbulls. Okay, um, and then the Bad Breed Axel and Ian Rotten. Yes, yeah. Uh, uh, which I just, I could not boy. figure out what song the Bad Breed come out to, but the Pitbull come out. Pitbulls come out the Thunder Kiss '65, which is also the song that is used in the title card. Yeah, it seems kind of a weird. Like like you're you're aping the company's bid, or maybe like the company let you use their own uh, their own song. Maybe a bit of favoritism there. Weird. Hmm. Someone should have double checked that. Anyway, so the ba- off the bat, we get you know. a great. We we just. D- d- man we're, we're we're off the bat getting beautiful examples of why the, one of the big reasons this show feels like such a mess because it was produced unprofessionally as fuck and messily as fuck there is one camera one singular camera during this kind of floor shenanigans heavy tag match Leaving for a tag Tony... match, for a tag match, the almost the entirety of the match features one pa- half of them fighting a ring in the ring, and the other half fighting over on the floor. And poor Joey Styles here, having to describe in decent detail what the hell is happening off screen because we're just not seeing it. Like the camera's just fucking pan and scanning explicitly on ring, and we never see what the hell is going on in the floor. Guys, what are you doing? It, yeah, it's it's bad. <laughs> it's really bad. And it's only the the first of many like little technical bothersome points for the evening. Sure. Basically, the match is the Pitbull squash the Bad Breed. To be honest, yeah, they take out Bad Breed pretty goddamn easily. Yeah. And in response to this, Joey Styles says that's got to make them the number one contenders for whoever. Thanks, Joey. We don't know who the tag champs are yet. It could be oh anybody, God. really. Uh, I get, but just the way he said it made him sound so. Nah, the Pitbulls hit the super bomb, which is basically a top rope uh, power bomb assisted, and they win the match in like three minutes. It's it is what it is. It's squash. Yeah. But then yeah, Axel no. Rotten and grabs the chains that the Pitbulls wear to the ring. Mm-hmm. And they just start attacking, and he starts attacking the Pitbulls with him. And the crowd, being a bunch of lunatics, start chanting, we want blood. <laughs> yeah, that like, so, so Pitbulls are, are getting attacked with their own goddamn dog collar 
chains. And Pitbull, I want to say it was Pitbull 1. I couldn't Pitbull tell 2 them. is the one that got bleed. Pitbull got 2, bleed yeah, Pitbull real 2. Bad. Gets gets hit on the head, and then it looks it looks pretty clean at first. Then he like flips over and gets chain whipped. Then he flips back over, and all of a sudden he's fucking spattered in like what already looks like darker, dried up blood. And it's like Jesus Christ, when did this happen? Yep, he uh, the snippy snippy. Everything's everything's super fucking amateur on this show, except for the blade jobs, I guess. Jesus, hell yeah, dude, that's extreme. Oh, the, yeah, ob- yeah, the, obviously. God damn it. So, the Pitbulls and and the Bad Breed, they all both, they both walk out. And then we get to the third, we cut on over the third match of the show. Mr. Hughes versus Two Cold Scorpio. Yeah. And, like, again, everyone's, like, the, the pacing on this show, it's so sluggish. Everyone's just, like, kind of constantly standing around. And a lot of people look like they kind of don't feel fully comfortable like with their own stage presences like i see a lot of like the kind of like amateur actor thing of like swaying in place from a lot of people especially as we're waiting for mr hughes to come out because mr hughes for some reason takes forever to enter and walks slow as goddamn molasses well i'll tell you what the problem is is that there is the we never see it on camera, but if there are shots from other ECW shows that give you a better scope perspective on where on the uh, geography of this arena, yeah, there is a pretty lengthy entrance way from backstage to the ring. The, oh. the ring can bear the camera barely catches this, and they start the music from as from as soon as they walk through the curtain. Oh, I, I that's that's fair, however. Mr. Also Hughes, Hughes also Hughes in his attempt to kind of play like badass bodyguard just kind of walks really slow. Yes, that's the other thing. Hughes just walks slow as shit. And there's like a cameraman like follow like following in front of him to w- get what looks like a like POV shot of him walking the runway, but we never they don't cut, cut to, to it. I, they'll, they'll, I, think they'll, they'll, I guarantee they'll use that on hardcore TV when they replay well, stuff, but they're not going to do it now. Why? Are, were they incapable of cutting between feeds? Apparently they can't cut feeds live. Oh my fucking God, Paul. You absolute carny. I mean, there is absolutely no camera cuts on this show. No it is camera entirely cuts. the one cam- hard cam. Jesus Christ. Oh my God. The way this show was put together. You can tell this man operated on a goddamn shoestring budget. Holy Yeah, so fuck. Mr. Hughes comes out to Are You a Redneck by she Roughneck, excuse me, by Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, yes. who had a hip hop career apparently. I and guess. Two Cold Scorpio comes out to whoop, there it is. While Jeez. also dressing like he could be in wham. He could he really he really could. And and my man's got the moves on his entrance. He knows how to jam with the crowd. He dances with people. It's so great. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Um, also, the announcer announces Mr. Hughes, and then Mr. Hughes has to correct him to the roughneck Mr. Hughes. I guess he's very... Get that, Nick, get that nickname in there, son. Goddamn dork. Okay. And then, the crowd. honestly, it's hilarious to me how much the crowd actually hates Mr. Hughes. Like... The crowd jeers him a lot, and then he yeah. always decides to like step to him about it. 
He's yeah. He he just feeds right the fuck. Like it's 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 like the goddamn Harlem Heat at Hogwild, right? They're just more than happy to feed into that crowd's anger. Just keep yeah. just keep jawjacking. Just keep being all I'm big and mm-hmm. scary. What are you gonna do about it? Yeah. So that that's that's a thing. Classic heel move, I suppose, especially of that era. Mister mm-hmm. Hughes. I, I can't remember if we've seen a full match from him yet, but, like... Don't my, believe so. Okay, cool. My man, like, okay, he's always wearing, like, black slacks, black formal shoes, a short-sleeve white t-shirt, black tie suspenders. He does not strip out of any of that for his matches. He just wrestles in pretty full formal wear. Dude even ha- Dude even wears, like... So I wear some kind of eyewear that like like sunglasses with a band, so the sunglasses never come off. Yeah, this is true. Hey, we can't we can't the the sunglasses keep things super cool. We can't we can't have those yeah. come off. It's rid of the cool factor. Uh, yeah, no, but right. but but him wrestling in that entire getup is just magical. Unfortunately, his work is a little less so. Yeah, I'm just I'm gonna say it. I, to me, this was the shittiest match on the show. It was because, up there for because me. I'm gonna I'm gonna start by I'm gonna use this time to bring up is I think that a weird thing about this show for me is that there are a lot of matches that were extremely one-sided. And I don't and some of them work for that. Yeah. Uh this I don't think did at all. No, it, it really doesn't. Hughes and it's not like this was a big moment either way, big storyline or anything. Hughes isn't even supposed to have this match. It's supposed to be Matt Bourne. Yeah. And it is literally just like Hughes is a big boy and thus strong. And so he literally dominates the whole fucking match. And he's and again, Hughes is fucking boring. Yeah. Like, he's not a good wrestler he's not a good big man he's not a good big man wrestler yeah he's very boring about that he, yeah he, i know like and th- th- it double sucks because i know too cold scorpio is great and you would know it from watching this match best here but he can't do a damn fucking thing about it no it's slow it's a sloggy this the match was according to Wikipedia seven minutes and nine seconds, and it feels and it feels it even it feels twice that length almost. Yeah. Like it just keeps going and going Ooh. until to Scorpio hits Mr. Hughes one time, and and Mr. Hughes just kind of topples over goes like down a, like a bitch. Like a fucking clown, and then Two Cold Scorpio gets to the top rope, hits his 450, and wins. And just yeah, just gets the dub off those two things. So you have this big monster character, and you just make him go down like that. What are you clowns doing? And yeah, it was slow pace as shit because Hughes was in control most of the match, and Hughes moves slow as shit, and uh, and not in an interesting way either. He's just fucking boring. Like. Yep. So it's just a, this one was just a slaw. And again, it sucks because I wanted to enjoy a Scorpio match and you can see the talent that that man so deeply possesses, but barely because most of the time he has to fucking sell for Hughes and it's dumb as shit. It's 
awful. Uh, and then but, but, but yeah, after... but, but he, he hits he what's great is he hits Hughes and then he gets up on the top rope and like it's about five seconds between when he like hits Hughes and gets up on the top rope. Hughes gives this like delayed ass sell of like once Scorpio's no. up on the rope, he then fucking like hops a little and flops over, and then Scorpio jumps on top of him and gets the three count. And Hughes gets a delayed ass kick out, but it's already yeah. He too does. Late. He does the. He does the kicks out at three point one. Shit. Yeah, yeah. So, so two delays in a row from him. Great, good job. Yeah, and, and then, of course, attacks immediately takes to attacking Scorpio afterwards. Yeah, after the match, Hughes beat attacks too cold, and he just gets on the mic and he's like, "I'm the roughneck. You saw I'm a bad you know what I do." And yep. then after and then he the leaves match, the ring, and then Scorpio gets up, gets on mic, and is like, yeah. "Hey, Hughes, fuck you!" And then they yeah. start fighting again. Now he 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 calls out Hughes, points out that Too Cold did win the match, and he calls Hughes a shoe shine boy. And then Scorpio goes and grabs a chair, hits Mister Hughes with a chair, and then they just brawl to the back. Yeah, but it, it like takes us while for them to brawl to the back too. God damn it! It was a slog from start to goddamn finish. Oh yeah. god, it was painful. Uh, so then, and then, and then the announcer gets on mic to hawk that merch, which I would make fun of as as some more carny shit. But we literally had that happen at the fucking WWE house show we went to at intermission, so I yeah. can't even. I honestly thought they were about to go to intermission. Yes, I was like, dude, is he about to call an intermission on this fucking show? That's how he made it sound. Yeah. So now we go to match four: Tommy Cairo versus Tommy Dreamer. Uh, Tommy Cairo comes out to "We Will Rock You." Apparently. Yeah, which I can't tell if that's a power move or just insanely basic. Yeah, uh, he Tommy Cairo takes so fucking long to get to the ring; it gets to the guitar solo in that song. Yeah, this is true, and you can tell he's evil now because he wears all black. He wears all black, and I didn't talk about him doing this, but he did this. In, the, in that interview where he shits on Sandman, he takes a, a kendo stick, a Singapore cane, excuse me, mm -hmm. and he like puts it into his eye and he's like, ah, ah, who am I? Ah, ah I'm the Sandman. So, so, and he starts doing it here and then he gets to the other side of the ring and he takes some fan's glasses and puts them on and pretends to be blind yeah and then he gives them back and he gets back in the ring and then he starts using the cane like a walking stick like a like a walker stick yeah and and joey styles takes great offense to this or at least i'm pretty sure he did because for about five minutes in this match joey styles's mic quality sounds like he's going through a goddamn tunnel and i have yeah. no idea why yeah, I have no idea either. Cheap-ass equipment conked out on them for a few minutes, I guess. Yeah. It's Tommy Dreamer, like a man of the people of 94, comes out to Pearl Jam, even flow. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's how you know he's a good guy. Pearl Jam, of course. And then uh, Dreamer just immediately starts the match and starts whooping Cairo's ass. Yeah. Uh, this is another match that is fairly one-sided. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's fine. It seems to apparently be like the Tommy Dreamer gets revenge match uh, formula. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Styles it doesn't, makes sure it doesn't, a rem it doesn't really hit the same because Cairo's only crime was making fun of the Sandman for getting, having to rivalry. retire. Yeah. 
Yeah, like, everyone's just kind of, like, all of a sudden totally fine with rooting for Sandman. And Kyra's over here like, man, this is kind of weird. Everyone's like, no, shut the fuck up. Now, He's a hurt this, man. It's, it's the kind of, like, don't speak ill of the dead. Yeah! Except Sandman isn't dead. Yeah, we're sucking his cock real hard, but he's still a piece of shit. He's just a piece of shit who supposedly doesn't have functioning eyeballs right now. Sorry about it. We'll get to that. Well, I can't wait to get to that. Oh, yeah, of course. But, uh, yeah, (laughs) Styles' mic at some point finally starts sounding better, and he gives us another reminder that, indeed, Dreamer is dedicating all of his matches to Sandman, and no one is really bothering to question why. Including Dreamer at one point, does the fucking pile driver yeah! around the ring that we talked about last time that Sandman did to Dreamer? He's fucking tributing Sandman like they're best buds. My brother in Christ, he was whipping you with a kendo stick not three weeks back. Like a month ago, you were like, this ago, guy whatever. is a, is, I don't fear death, so I'm going to kick your ass. I, I, the only thing I fear is death. I'm going to kick your ass. And now you're like, oh man. All my matches need to be are for the Sandman. Yeah, Tommy Cairo. Even before we get to the actual retirement bit, was in my book totally the babyface here. It, it, nope, one hundred percent agree. Because absolutely, he refused to change hit do revisionist history on the Sandman just because he was going through a personal tragedy. Yeah, the, the again the fucking hand wringing from ECW people. Why? Why are you acting like a bunch of, like, concerned grandparents about everything? Stop mm-hmm. clutching your goddamn pearls and be extreme for... God, I don't. never thought I'd say this. Take some goddamn cues from your bloodthirsty-ass audience. Holy yeah, because the audience was absolutely not into this. I mean, they like the Sandman in the sense that they like anybody who uses a weapon on a regular basis. Yeah. But but they aren't, like, offended by Tommy Cairo pretending to be blind. Yeah. Shout, shout out to Tommy. Shout out to the sign guy having a dream, uh, a sign that says, Tommy Dreamer should be fired, suspended, and caned. Which, in like, that order! In, in that, that order. order. In that order, which beautiful no but like so uh, is that person a sandman guy and are are they rooting for sandman as a face or a heel like what is what is happening sign guy is it is admittedly the confusing ass elements of an audience that is just there for blood yes they don't really give a shit about uh you know face heel distinctions like they like who they like and they generally like anybody who's willing to use be violent it's yep. why they love Tommy Dreamer. It's because yeah, he, except he became sudden, the violent guy. Yeah, except now Sign Guy here is clearly morally outraged at what Tommy Dreamer did. S- completely by accident. I can't stress enough. Completely by goddamn accident. So what the hell is the problem? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Sign Guy, I want to know his story. Weird. But uh, Tommy Dreamer eventually grabs both a frying pan and a fucking oar from the fans. And of course, Styles can't help him make an up the creek without a paddle joke. <laughs> yeah, I was like, ha They fight out into the crowd. Uh, Tommy Dreamer hits a DDT on the floor. Yeah. Tommy Cairo. But they also looks as though maybe someone brought a goddamn wooden pallet. Like, yeah, he okay. A- the crowdsourced weapons have all, uh, like, 
last last time we were joking about it. This time they got even more just flagrantly ridiculous, as if as if in response to us. And now someone has a goddamn wooden pet. How did you bring that into the arena? Why did someone let you bring that into the arena? What is happening? There's no arena security here. I don't know what you were hoping for. This is fair. Paul Paul would not would not dare shush shell out for for some goddamn security he doesn't give yeah. a shit they get back God. in the ring and cairo is able to get back in control of the match and for a little bit for a little bit cairo then decides to bring in the singapore cane and that mm-hmm. would be his undoing really because tommy dreamer will fight the will get the cane away from him and then beat the shit out of him with that okay cane. okay fucking cairo i don't know why but cairo he, lay, he he goes down onto the floor. Tommy Dreamer knocks him down. And my man, Tommy Cairo, while with his back on the floor, fucking puts his legs up and goes spread eagle for, to, for, for Tommy Dreamer. Just with his cock and balls just proudly presented to be whipped by the goddamn Singapore cane. Well, what? I mean, the, the, idea, the idea is that Dreamer did that. Not, not, he's, he's functionally knocked. By this point in the match, he's functionally knocked out. Yeah, but like, how the hell are his legs staying up and spread eagled like that while he's not there? Dreamer was Dreamer was Dreamer was pulling the legs out, but then he lets go and the legs just stay up. What did did Cairo go through unconscious rigor mortis here? Those legs should have fallen the fuck. Yeah, Cairo is bleeding. Tommy Dreamer hits Cairo in the balls with a cane and yeah. he just keeps beating Cairo to death with his and at some point Cairo cane. just stops reacting and I'm like is this is this man goddamn dead but the, well so <laughs> Tommy Dreamer walks away and he's fucking like 20 seconds later just randomly flops and I'm like okay I guess he's alive but like unprovoked he's just been lying there untouched for 20 seconds and he just goes flop what yeah so at one point, at some point here in the middle of this, Joey Styles starts opining for the days of old Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer's been here for a year. And what happened to that nice, sweet kid from well-groomed, well-mannered kid from Dreamland USA? Who is he? Who is, yeah, who he, is he, feels who has ECW turned Tommy Dreamer into? I'm not sure who I feel more bad for. Tommy Cairo or Tommy Dreamer. Styles! What Which the fuck is are like, you saying? Honestly, could be a compelling story to tell, except the story is being told that Dreamer is totally in the right for becoming this person. This yeah. is how he became popular with the audience, is to become a edgy un uh remorseless badass with a weapon yeah and they never look back never goddamn never look back back. at all yeah so so worthless but okay sure so uh stretcher count two as as ems shows up tommy Tommy cairo is declared the loser dreamers declared the winner by ref stop it's the ref the ref literally is like this is going too far so Cairo needs medical attention. You win, yeah. Dreamer. Which Go away. we just linger on this for for a while, which makes me think that last time we were here and they had that whole like super long shot of Sandman getting tended to by EMS was not the like intentional stroke of genius that it was. That's just was how just they that, do like, it. Their awkward fucking pacing with their camera work. 
But then Tommy Kirk gets up and he's suddenly okay. Yeah, sure. he ref- he re- he doesn't. He wants to go out under his own power. Yeah, and, sure. And, uh, and the crowd the is show, chanting, "Pay your bills at him." Yep, the chant. The crowd unironically chanting, "Pay your bills at Cairo," like Sandman told him to do. Look, uh, I mean, he needs if he if he received the sex work, he's got to pay for it. You don't get freebies, dipshit. I guess so. Uh, uh. So the next match of the show is the ECW World Championship match. Even they understood how relatively unimportant this match was because they put the world title match in the middle of the show. Yeah, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I'm like, why? What? What? It's the it's the title match. What are you doing? Uh, it's Sean, uh, Ron Simmons versus Shane Douglas in an incredible heel versus heel encounter. Okay. And we know that's how that cool. works because Ron Simmons, well, I'm about, I'll tell you, I found this, I admit, I found this match kind of confusing in terms of how it was structured, yes. but it feels heel v heel because Ron Simmons gets the microphone and explains to Philadelphia that honestly, I never liked any of you people. I'm really <laughs> just here for the gold. And Ron Simmons straight up says if he had a missile with him, he would uh, he would blow up his whole city and take it off the map. Ron, Ron Simmons threatens to glass this whole fucking city of Philadelphia. What the hell? Oh, yeah. my God. So, I clocked what I assumed was Flair is gay chance, but actually, I'm pretty sure it's just Flair is dead. They chant this a lot throughout the show. I heard something completely different. I can't even remember what I heard. Something about fired. I don't know. Yeah, I assumed it's Flair is dead because they use it. They they chant it a lot whenever Shane Douglas is around. I really like that chant. And here's here's what's confusing about Shane, this Shane Douglas, Ron Simmons match. Is that Ron Simmons, okay, he heals on the crowd mm -hmm. by calling them a bunch of degenerates that he would like to blow up. (laughs) Uh, So... All right. All right. And Shane Douglas, like, he's kind of accident, not quite accidentally face turned here, but like, he, Shane Douglas's message right now, even though he's an obnoxious braggart who keeps trying to shoot fight a guy who doesn't give a shit about him at all. But the crowd's into that. They, they, they fucking hate mess- Flair too. Like, his message, Shane Douglas's message right now is fuck the Fed, fuck the dub the only real wrestling is ecw yeah okay and and the crowd loves that i that messaging they also love to say fuck the fed and fuck the dub so shane douglas is more or less a babyface for all this and yet he still wrestles like the cowardly weasley heel he always wrestles like yeah, he takes forever to get in the ring. Whereas in the meantime, Ron Sim, as much as he's like messaging wise, clearly a heel, he wrestles like a face. Is the mm-hmm. is the weird thing? Like he doesn't. I don't remember him pulling all that really any dirty tricks or anything. No, I I didn't. I don't remember him like you know being particularly weak. He he. I'm evil during the match. He just kind of does his work and and that's that. No shenanigans, nothing, no bullshit. So what the fuck is... I literally... I'm glad you brought this up, because I did. I had a note in here about... I'm low-key confused about half the roles here. Because on one hand, Douglas is supposed to be like this totally cool face, kind of, who told the NWA to go fuck itself. And Simmons is clearly the heel. But on the other hand, like, 
at the end of the match, after, spoiler alert, Douglas retains, uh, he's all alone by himself in the ring. Styles puts over that he's, like, a sad, ostracized little man who pushes people away, and that's, like, a sign of his own, like, moral failings or something. So I don't know what the fuck is supposed to be happening here. Like, if it's bad guy versus bad guy, fine. But the problem is, Styles is, like, Schrodinger's bad guy. He simultaneously is and isn't. Or not Styles, uh, uh, Douglas. Shane Shane Douglas Douglas is. Like, so what the hell is happening? Like, the crowd wants to cheer for Shane Douglas. And... He doesn't wrestle like the match is not structured like a match of a guy who the crowd really likes in the crowd and one who the crowd really doesn't. It is yeah. stru- or at least not structured the right way in that way. Like it's like Shane Douglas plays 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 keep away in the early part of the match. He literally grabs a female photographer and hides behind them. Yeah. And, and Ron Simmons and Ron Simmons has to deck Shane from but around the woman. Like, that is an objectly heel move. Yeah, and a pretty babyface response because Ron Simmons didn't just go, ah, oh, fucker, I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. So, so, But, again, Ron, the crowd doesn't like Ron Simmons and the crowd likes Shane Douglas. I don't – it's confusing that they played it the way they played it. Yeah. Uh, it, is, it is fairly one-sided except not as one-sided as other matches I've seen on the show. Yeah, see, here's the here's the thing for me on on the one on the kind of one sidedness here. It feels like they're building up Simmons to be super powerful. Like he gets a mm-hmm. lot of spots in, and toward the end, he's like no selling chops from Shane yeah. Douglas. But then, kind of like the Mister Hughes match, out of nowhere, even though Douglas does get more spots in than than like Too Cold did in his match with Hughes, like. It's, it's, Douglas hits kind of like one more little thing right directly after Simmons no sold some of his fucking chops yeah, well, and, and, and rolls him up and gets the dub anyway. Walkity walkity walk. Well, Why? I think it was a it was a little bit smarter here because basically Ron Simmons has Shane up on his shoulders and Shane rolls his way back down Simmons's back. And you even get a moment where Simmons is struggling to like stop Shane from doing what he's doing. And then Shane does bring him down for a crucifix pin and pins him one, two, three. And it like, it better gets across the idea that Shane is just crafty. And that's how he got out of the match. I mean, I think it's better than two cold Scorpios because Scorpio won with like a real move. That's fair. And as it, and he took down, uh, um, uh, Hugh, Mr. Hughes with the flimsiest of moves. Before hmm. he hit the 450, and here it's just like it feels it felt more like he really did just catch Ron Simmons at the right exact right moment, but it was still kind of one sided overall. Yeah, weird, fucking weird. And then after the match, the uh, Ron Simmons like starts attack, uh, starts attacking Shane Douglas. Shane Douglas runs and gets his title belt, and he clocks. Simmons with the title belt and they're just fighting and two cold Scorpio comes out to also attack Shane Douglas. Yeah. He ain't, he ain't forgot shit. Yeah. I, I guess, I guess two cold's gone from like, you know, Shane, I respect you, but I'll like kick your ass and ring to just like, fuck you, Shane. So yeah. he's, he's joining in with Ron and the, which is, which is also weird because two cold's ostensibly a face and he's pairing with, a sensible heel. He's, he's Ron two Simmons. on one, and he's two on oneing a guy. Yeah. Uh, it's what, what? 
but he hits he hits an absolutely beautiful moonsault off the top oh he does it was it's super dope and they both and ron and and uh ron and too cold leave and the refs check on shane douglas for being injured and cactus jack even comes out to be like is shane douglas all right but why did cactus jack come out i don't yeah i don't i don't get that either i don't know what i don't know what it was setting up uh more flair is dead chance from what i could hear as shane douglas leaves and as you said styles caused to be like he has you know he he says that shane douglas couldn't even buy friends which is funny because he bought two of them that's that is what he did with mr hughes and matt bourne yeah he he literally bought himself two friends and i guess they like aren't with him anymore but yeah that's another thing that's another thing that that's another thing is that it feels like like if we were trying to figure out what shane douglas's character role is right now honestly if he's supposed to be becoming a baby face getting getting rid of mr hughes makes sense because the crowd fucking Mm -hmm. hates hughes and if you want and if you want people to start liking shane douglas then it's good to get him away from people that the crowd doesn't like. It's it's pretty basic, yep. you know. Easy. Form, it's a pretty Easy. basic wrestling formula when that happens. When you have a pair of guys, one the crowd likes, one the crowd doesn't. Well, it's time to break apart. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. To, to not muddle, to not muddle the reaction. Uh, but again, Shane Douglas wrestled the whole match like he was a heel. So I don't understand that when they are seem at least cognizant enough to understand. That the crowd likes Shane Douglas. The storytelling here is so fucking confused. Wow, uh, it, and like, and that, and that's that's the that's the thing that kills me about this this whole show is the storyline is clearly goddamn confused, and the technical specs fucking suck. So you can't even get distracted by things moving yeah. from one thing to the other because it because everything just awkwardly lingers forever and ever. They do. Oh they linger God. on so much shit for no reason. Yeah. Uh, well, I imagine the reason is they don't have like the goddamn media aptitude yet. No, they really don't. So oh. we cut on back after this. We get ring announcer gets in the ring and it's time for the retirement of the Sandman. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ring announcer says that he epitomized ECW, which to be fair, Since day one does kind of fit. I don't know if I'd say day one, because again, in case you didn't know, the Sandman is called the Sandman because when he first debuted in ECW, he was a literal surfer. That was yeah. why he's named that. So I don't know if day one he epitomized ECW, but I don't know. I kind of agree with the idea that he is the most ECW of ECW people. I suppose, but I also can't stand it because they're speaking so fucking reverently of him. They do. They speak. Why are we they... sucking Sandman's cock this hard? So Todd Gordon brings out the sandman because the sandman is blind he is in fact so blind he is both wearing bandages over his eyes and he's and wearing sunglasses. sunglasses yeah we can't he's just have double one. we gotta really he's drive double, this home he's double blind mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so todd gordon is on the gets a promo and he talks about how well a great friend the sandman is he's a great guy and he's everything ecw is about Joey Styles is getting choked up on commentary. And honestly, as much as this is obviously stupid, it's also kind of hilarious how hard they're doing revisionist history on the Sandman. Yeah, for what fucking... Although what's even funnier is the fact that we are getting like 
definite boos from the crowd toward him, which is weird because I thought everybody loves Sandman because he hits people with a kendo stick or whatever. But yeah, I guess some people are not particularly impressed with the Sandman, which is doubly funny. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I feel like they did that to try to like play up the twist, but there were smarter ways to do it without everyone seeming really stupid and kind of ignoring everything the Sandman did before he got burned in the eye. Again, the the complete lack of coherent storytelling. Like, like Polly Dangerously, creative genius who was able to make a lot of things work, sure, but God, this early scripting. This November of ni- to- November to remember ninety four is a bit of a misstep on that one. Do I see. I kind of feel like it's just been like this, but with the with all the previous episodes we've watched, since they're like goddamn forty five minutes long, and because half of them like they're half riddled with recaps and like one third riddled with ads, random local ads. Like there's just not enough content for us to realize how fucking bad they are at like scripting in any given episode, just because it's so goddamn disparate in the first place that we're just kind of like getting little scraps and not enough to realize how incompetent it is anyway. That's fair. So the Sandman gets the microphone. He gives a, he's, he can't believe he's having to retire at 31, but he's Which, talking about the how Sandman is 31 in this in 94. Yeah. Yeah. What the, f- I assumed he was like in his forties or something. He looks like younger than he's ever looked here. And it, it I didn't notice it until he said 31. I just always assumed this was a dude in his forties. What the fuck? So yeah, that's them, wild. them sick them cigarettes kid kids you I know they so. really they, they really so. age you mm-hmm. uh but he talks about how he talks about how he beat the shit out of tommy cairo and he beat the shit out of tommy dreamer and he said he was the flag bearer for the extreme and he wouldn't change a thing and he taught you're talking about how he's lost so much he lost his sight he lost his he lost his woman and uh. he re, he he reframes the peaches bullshit as like woman manipulating him which to be fair that did kind of happen like there was yeah. definitely a point where you're com- he's complicit in it too but the initial problem was absolutely kickstarted by woman this that's is... not an inaccurate i pr- suppose i suppose but also like I get the feeling that he and his uh, he and his peaches would end up with some marital problems at some point or other, considering no. the uh, how the 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 attitude that Sandman has heretofore demonstrated about the significant women in his life. Mm-hmm, sure, uh, he uses the shooty shoot names when he says, "Yeah, Nick and Nancy Sullivan, you can kiss my ass." Oh my God, he said a real name. What? That, that's how you know that this is real. That's how you know that this is. Yeah, they 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 were really proud of the fact they were they were able to make the thing feel like a work sh- like like a shoot like a shooty shoot shoot mm-hmm. last time. So they're just like really leaning in, even though it kind of makes no goddamn sense here, and it's, it's so clearly bullshit. Yeah, like the worst part about work shoots is it's usually pretty obvious when it's a that it's a work shoot. Like, yeah, it's entirely designed predicate on the idea that you're tricking people into thinking it's real, and most work shoots are still very obviously fake. Yeah, I like I I I've uh, 
for for me here, I just draw the line because like it's just so sloppily done. Like I can tolerate work shoots on a premise of like being able like like kind of like winking and nudging, blending kayfabe with reality and everyone's kind of in on it and like it's just I, I i can enjoy it more as like a fun wink than anything but here it just feels like they're trying to replicate like whatever the the, the formula for whatever praise they probably ended up getting for how they ended the 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 the, the i quit match between yeah, they Tommy worked, and, and sandman they worked, they worked some real magic and then the follow-up was not quite as much they worked some real magic and then instead of like being smart and being like, hmm, what like what do we need to do to like improve on this formula, mature it, evolve it so that it's ready to like be taken to the next level? They're just like, oh, let's just do the same shit again, like just kind of without any thought put behind it. It'll clearly have the same yeah. effect, right? So, Man, right? so Sandman, he starts talking about how like whatever Cairo had with Peaches uh, was not as good as what Peaches and Sandman had. You need to know that Sandman and Peaches fucked real good. Oh yeah. Oh, they they fucked so good. So then out comes Peaches. Yeah, Peaches is here. Did not expect that. Which is I just kind of expected Peaches to be a perpetually off-screen character. Now she's she's been an on-screen character, if only to get her ass kicked by Sandman and Woman. But uh, what Peaches comes out, and it's funny because like Sandman's supposed to be blind, so he just keeps ranting about Tommy Cairo while Peaches comes out, and Peaches doesn't interrupt him and. He just stops and is like, she says, she doesn't know if she wants to slap him or kiss him. And then she kisses him, of course. Yeah. Uh, Peaches, Peaches makes mention of the fact that she's changed. And it's like, I don't, I don't get the reference. Did she get implants? That feels like the most logical answer to this question. I, but based yes. on context clues, but I also have no fucking idea because Maybe. I didn't watch enough ECW to know what Peaches looks like to be like, oh yeah, those are some clearly bigger boobs. But I just thought I'm she just like going, was dressing slutty and that was the joke. I don't, I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I Joey Styles clearly caught whatever she was trying to reference because he he's like, oh yeah, she looks different, all right. And okay. Sandman, who is again blind, is like. Oh, Peaches, I don't care if you got oh, fat. fat you got Peaches. I, I laughed. I admit I laughed at that. Yeah. Look, the, the whole Sandman, like, I hate my wife posting is so goddamn cringe and annoying. But that one was said earnestly enough that it was funny. Yeah, I don't care if you got fat because I care about you, Peaches. You're the best thing that ever happened to me, Peaches. Oh, my God. And then out comes woman predating Vicky Guerrero by a decade. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, she's yelling, excuse me. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's not Vicky Carrero. So, woman comes out and she says she's got her big announcement of her new client. And she straight up just hits Peaches in the face with a fucking cane. With a fucking cane. Not even the face, just beans her right over the head directly. And Peaches goes down. Yeah, and so a moment that is clear that I would argue is minor foreshadowing for where this segment is going is that man is that like Sandman is fumbling around in the ring and gets in the corner, and Todd Gordon is yelling at woman to leave, and woman is yelling at Todd Gordon to leave, and yeah. they end up they end up yelling to the point that Todd Gordon gets in the same corner where Sandman is. And Sandman just starts wildly flailing his arms about, and he yeah. knocks Todd Gordon out. 
and it is played as an accident because he is blind. But again, foreshadowing how this okay, goes. Okay, yeah, sure. Tommy Dreamer gets in the ring to stop this, to stop this this, this terrible uh, bullshit. And off camera, I I, I cannot, be- I actually can believe the camera missed this, but goddamn, they probably shouldn't have. <laughs> Sandman takes off his glasses and bandages to reveal that he is in fact not blind and he takes the cane and beats Tommy Dreamer with it. It's woman and Sandman done did a ruse. Yeah. Faked yeah. It. He faked his blindness the entire time. Woman was uh-huh. in on it and uh-huh. now it has been revealed. Woman's new client is just the fucking Sandman. Which I would love to know why like fucking at what point they decided to do this because dreamer very much did like at least from the looks of it flick a cigarette into sandman's eye and like kind of whip him in the other eye with the kendo stick so at what point was sandman like actually i'm fine this is all like was it premeditated beforehand and they're just like let's just get lucky with a potentially bad looking injury or like, was he actually fu- like, what, what was it actually I, all false alarm after he got attacked? And then he's like, Hey, Hey woman, come here. I got this great idea. Like what the hell? I take it to be that he got in like the injury within the story. The injury was real, but he was fine and he knew he was going to be fine but he decided to fuck with Tommy Dreamer and he got woman in on it relatively early. So okay. We're talking like within a I would argue within a week. He he would have known he was fine and then got woman to be like us act like I'm going to have to retire. Oh my god. Okay, sure. And so, then Sandman he, bastard. Which by the way, Sandman came out in like a full suit. I never mentioned that because he starts undressing it slowly. Mm-hmm. And he takes the belt off and then starts whipping Tommy Dream with the belt. Yep. Oh, and he lights his victory cigarette. Don't forget about the victory Hell cigarette. Hell yeah. The Sandman yeah, has learned nothing from this experience. And he will continue to have learned absolutely not a damn thing. So yeah, this is the Sandman fake retirement angle. Oh yeah, it was it was real good. That was that was definitely it was, uh I enjoyed it, but I don't think the story logic holds up on this one very it's much. It's just ridiculous. It's like the, the whole build up to this point was so cool for creating a hero out of Tommy Dreamer, like an extreme hero. Then all just went goddamn downhill by Tommy Dreamer white knighting for Sandman out of fucking nowhere. And like them just oh, being like, oh, it was all wrong. a ruse anyway. Hashtag Cairo was right. Cairo was right. Yeah, seriously, why are you booing him? He is legitimately right. Go fuck yourself. Yep. So after that affair is over, Joey Styles is on his ramp in the back and he in the in the in the back area of the arena and he is interviewing Shane Douglas to come on stage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Shane Douglas is here and he talks some shit as he always does. He shoot he drops Terry Bollea. He's yeah, using Hulk, yeah. He's using Hulk hunk of shit Hogan's real name. <laughs> and real clever there. So he talks his usual shit. He starts talking about how you know he doesn't give a damn that Ron Simmons is the first black world champion. He don't get he's 
he uh and he the fight's not over and he brings he has his own brick phone with him yeah yeah okay well also okay something i noticed which kind of was funny at first and then had a second like kind of funny thing afterwards was he says something about like a beautiful woman and i heard someone in the crowd just go ha ha and i think and like i think i think they were thinking it was like a pun on like woman's name yeah yeah and they yeah, found yeah. It way too funny but then he later reveals that's not even who he was talking about which makes yeah. it doubly funny yeah he he mentions that like all his success here coming from his own blood sweat and tears and of course with the help of a beautiful woman which is it's weird they play it this way it's for context it's sherry martell who yes when shane douglas first turned heel he aligned himself with sherry martell before mm. she moved on to go back work for wcw mm-hmm. uh so he's talking about this beautiful woman and he has his phone and he is going and he allegedly has sherry martell on the phone he very <laughs> obviously is not talking to anybody on the other uh, line here yeah no he's he's doing the whole like the whole say the other person's thing uh, on in your own way yeah on, uh, on yeah your end. In, in like in like your own words to communicate to the audience. Shout out to the person in the audience who fucking yells a buck ninety five a minute as Hell he's yeah, on the Shane, phone. Shane Douglas running up that phone bill for this. Yeah, so someone was very concerned about his finances when he's spending all this goddamn time on the telephone. Yeah, and but he, he is. He, he apparently. Keeps, this keeps is going. a hype for the November nineteenth show, which is one of those arena shows I kind of mentioned last time. It's not going to be aired on TV. They'll probably do highlights of it from TV, but it's not like. They're not going to put this on VHS. Yeah. But for two weeks from now, there is that Sherry Martell is going to be managing Shane Douglas again in a tag match against Sharon Simmons and Two Cold Scorpio. And who is his tag team partner? It's not going to be Hulk Hogan, who's on the social, who's already on social security. Security. It's not going to be Ric Flair. It's not going to be Sting. It's going to be the man. It's going to be the uh, man who can challenge Shane Douglas and he and shouts out someone in the audience yells it out before Shane Douglas gets a chance to say it. Cause he takes a long pause before he actually says the, who he, who he is enlisted to be his tag team partner, mm-hmm. but he's looking for outside help from e, outside ECW and his tag team partner is stunning. Steve, Steve Austin. Austin. Steve Austin is here. What the hell? This predates Steve Austin getting fired from WCW and doing a run in ECW. And I'm going to be honest, I had no idea that happened. Wait, really? Yeah, I had no idea that he had, he actually appeared on ECW as Stunning Steve. That's really funny. So, like... Is the stunning Steve persona appreciably different from the Stone Cold Steve persona? Very much so. It's part oh. of like Hollywood, the Hollywood Blondes with Brian Pillman. It's basically they were basically them trying to, despite the fact that neither of them are Californian. Brian Pillman is Canadian and Steve Austin is Texan. Yes, uh, they both play it as like two Hollywood, uh, you know, pretty boys, <laughs> more or less. Steve Austin, stunning Steve has fucking hair. Steve Austin with hair? No, yeah. no, don't like. <laughs> so, stunning Steve Austin is going to be an ECW tag teaming with Shane Douglas for a one-off match. What the fuck? 
Uh, That's I, I did take note that at one point Shane Shane Douglas is talking shit to Ron and Tone is too cold, and he says, "Get all the brothers in the hood." Like, okay, please dude. don't say things like that, dude. Fucking fucking Shane Douglas is just kind of like madly rambling for the entirety of this promo and like is he okay because he just kind of keeps going and no, he just, always this is always what shane douglas is like kind of always loses just, the plot that is absolutely shane douglas special right there even more than usual though like at least the fucking fuck ecw uh rant had a had a point that it came back around to like here sure he gets to announcing steve austin but then he, i feel like he still rambles a tiny bit after that and it's like bro okay yeah but there we go that sets up a big match for the show in a couple weeks in the ecw arena uh cool. up next we have dean malenko versus the tasmaniac that is allegedly for jason's tv title that doesn't sound official, but you know, they're cl- Jason is claiming that's what's going on. Sure. And honestly, pretty fun back and forth match. It's not long. It's only about five minutes. No, it's, yeah, it it's not a that... real. It's a pretty fun match. It's pretty. It's pretty good. Especially, uh, especially because I don't think I've really enjoyed many other show, many other matches on the show. Up, to yeah. This, point. I mean, this was not a great match, I don't think. But like, I just like seeing Taz. Taz is talented as hell, and obviously Malenko's good too. All this is clearly baby Malenko, who's still kind of finding his own way. Yeah. Um. Something. Something though. Uh, something I noticed early on because because Jason is there to be ringside for Malenko because I guess. You know, square versus rectangle, even or not even that, but like even though Malenko was banned from Jason's ringside, Jason has not been banned from Malenko's ringside, which I feel like is a really dumb oversight on Todd Phillips, uh, Todd Phillips's part. But okay, okay, uh, sure. Or, sorry, Todd Gordon's part, but either way, yeah, yeah. E- either way, yeah, dumb. But but there's a, there's like a few like women in the audience you can hear who are losing their shit for Jason. They are I mean, he is in on this the man. world's sexiest man. I mean, I don't know how you could argue. I I guess. What a like, man, what a man, what a mighty good man. I, You know what? Who, who am I to argue with the official title of Jason, the world's sexiest man or whatever the fuck? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, I, I did notice a, a slight proud return to penis-based offense. We got a few low blows in this match. Yeah, super... At one point, Taz, like, knees Dean Malenko in the balls, and it's super subtle. I'm yeah. impressed. But overall, I gotta say, the thing that's, that's really cool about this match, Taz is such a smooth worker. It's hard to describe in, like, a really good way, but the way Taz moves is just smooth. Like, this is a man that makes everything he does look effortlessly second nature to him, mm-hmm. which is just nuts. Like, it's unlike any work I think I've ever really seen before. Yeah, and Taz he, is so, wow. And Malenko is also extremely graceful. It's This he, is true, he's too. He's great. Yeah, the two of them work well together in ring for the most part, yeah. I, I think. Uh, Crazy-ass move. Taz hits a German suplex, and he, and he like, full rotates the Malenko until he dumps him on his head flat. Dude, 
Taz's ability to throw people around is absolutely mm-hmm. nuts. How is that man that strong? Yeah. This, I mean, he's the human suplex machine for a reason, but God damn. Yeah. So after some f- good back and forth, Jason attempts to interfere, I suppose. Uh, Taz <laughs> generally does not give a shit. However, they we quickly cut off camera to Jason. This is honestly one of those moments they should have not been in the ring. Mm-hmm. focus on the ring bad camera direction on this is instead of focusing on taz and jason fighting on the outside we get a long shot of dean malingo just holding his towel behind his back and he takes the towel and he smothers taz's face with it and the implication is he fucking chloroformed him <laughs> see i you said that when we were watching and i thought no way dude that's too goofy even for ecw no I, he he just had to have smothered him but then here's what happened so taz goes down and is malenko and is wins, fucking wins out and the scrawny ass ref that they have in ring isn't entirely sure after he's declared the 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 dub for malenko why Taz is still unconscious? He looks he looks completely impotent. He's, he's like and, fanning his head, his face, trying to wake him up. Yeah, but not but like not even fully committal to that. He's kind of leaned down, like you okay, okay, I guess. And then walks away and kind of comes back. You sure you're okay? Okay, you whatever. Sure? Uh, but and then and then wake Styles up. says on commentary, "I smell a rat. I smell something else too." And that, thanks for that, Styles. And like EMS arrives on the scene once more, and then Styles goddamn says, "I smell chloroform." Fucking how, Styles? How far away for how? Are you decently far away from the ring? How the hell do you hear this or smell uh, this? What? That's a apparently that chloroform was so strong, half the arena could smell it because yeah, that's I the only like, other I feel like way. By this shows logic that that would knock half the people out, but okay, fine. Either Word that or or, or, or uh, uh, Styles just has the nose of a goddamn dog. Word to the wise, doing smell-based angles in wrestling is rough because the announcers have to sell it even though if it was really that pungent of a smell, then half the arena would also feel that. Yeah, and people would be clearly like, okay. Yeah, so that that was... That was dumb. Uh, also, earlier I had my stretcher count, which got up to two. I thought with the arrival of EMS, the stretcher count would get up to three. That did not happen. They did not have a stretcher with them this time. However, I can count up to something else. So, uh, count for the amount of times an incapacitated combatant violently came to two. Yeah. Because Taz gets up and goes to the back, presumably to go murder Dean Malenko. Yeah. So, so like Tommy Cairo before him, Taz spazzes out of being unconscious, stands up, and like does the fucking SpongeGar meme where he's like, oh, oh, oh. He's clearly like confused. <laughs> he, he, he tries to suplex somebody. I don't know. Yeah. He does his, he does his weird little like random Benny Hill spot that he did last time we were here where he just like suplexes some like, he suplexes a ref i think and then uh and then he gets out of the ring and instead of suplexing any more innocence like he did last time he just kind of like does a lap around the ring and then leaves oh yeah and the entire time there are huge bullshit chants from the crowd they they were not having this finish at all they were (laughs) they they rightfully thought it was dumb and the ref was like what are you guys talking about it was fun so arguably the best match so far also has this incredibly silly finish where yep. Dean Malenko literally chloroforms Taz. Sure, sure thing. 
I guess. Why we're not? Doing, we're we're doing great here today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so finally, we get to our last match, not the last match. Uh, Public Enemy versus Cactus Jack and Mikey Whipwreck for the tag titles. Public Enemy come out to their usual music. Cactus Jack comes out to Born to be Wild by Steppenwolf. Yeah. yeah. I mean, very fitting for him, I have to say. Like, like yeah. that. that is that is a good fucking Mick Foley song right there. Yeah. Holy shit. So Mikey Whipwreck comes out with Foley instead of coming out on his own. And we get a, an extremely long and weird stalling bit here that I don't yeah. really understand what happened. So Rocco Rock gets apparently is ha- not having it with this crowd jeering at the public enemy. And he gets the microphone and starts bitching at him. But I couldn't really make out what he was complaining about. But then they just kind of both stay. Everybody just fucking stands there and does nothing for a couple of minutes. Yeah, it's just nothing. And I, I was surprised the crowd didn't get more antsy about this because they were yeah. just kind of standing around while like Rocco kind of jaw jacked some people. Yeah, okay. it's weird. And the public enemy tries to fucking walk out on the match. Yeah. Like, listen, the entire, I don't really mind that much about the extremely stereotypical fate heel rep ref heel wrestler decides to say, fuck it. I'm leaving. I yeah. don't really care. I don't really mind that trope very much, but like literally the entire motivation for this match is that the public enemy have become goddamn obsessed with getting their titles back to the point. They are interrupting the show and beating people up with baseball bats yeah, they're and so goddamn salty about those chairs. They are literally, and now you're going to have them do heel shtick by just deciding to leave and yep. forfeit the match? Yep. What the yes. fuck? Yep. Okay. So uh, obviously sh- the ref starts to count them out, and that is what draws them back into the ring. And finally we get started. Yeah, and- fu- fucking Finally. And, and 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 okay, so Mikey Whipwreck is the first combatant from the from the face side, and immediately Styles buries him a little for me, like ah ah why why you start the match with Whipwreck? What the fuck is that supposed to mean? Whipwreck's it's an, just it's, fine, it's, thank I you. Mean, it's understanding that he that Mikey Whipwreck is pretty pathetic and is probably gonna get his ass beat, but. But he's been getting better. Like, he's been shown to be able to put up a fight. Maybe if you guys weren't all such dicks to him, he'd have enough self-confidence to, like, believe in himself and actually get more spots in. Jesus. Very possibly. So, Ugh. but it does start with a lot of two-on-one on Rip Rack. Um, yeah, which is bullshit. Cactus Jack uh, tries to use Mikey Whipwreck as a weapon to knock out the public enemy and then also knock out Whipwreck, but Whipwreck doesn't get knocked out by that. Yeah. All right. Uh, to be clear about the rules that I think I didn't nec- uh, is that that the bat has to be in play to pin a guy. Okay. You don't have to be the one to get the bats to win the match. Somebody just has to have the bats. It's like a goddamn Smash Bros weapon, apparently. Like it's a like it's a fucking it's a fucking smash ball where like once it enters in, it's anyone's game, even if you didn't trigger its entrance. Mm-hmm. Sure. And like that makes it less dumb than I thought it was, but it's still dumb that it requires more work to get the bat than it does to pin a guy. Yes. 
because okay. you knock them down for 10 and mm-hmm. then you pin them for three. That is mm-hmm. illogical. It should be, if anything, the other way around. Mm-hmm. Why? What is the per this fucking God, this match type is so dumb. Like, I I get what they're trying to go for now that we understand the rules a little bit better of like having to earn the 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 thing which shall win you the match tm mm-hmm. however the work that you have like the gatekeeping is so dumb and flimsy and random and doesn't account for like something that you very wisely brought up while we were watching why don't you why doesn't someone who's perfectly fine just kind of like lay the fuck down for a 10 count and then just have the match in play but then still be fine enough to just be able to like you know dodge it and maybe try to grab it for themselves right like you're, you're not gonna get the bats from that but like it's a no dq match it's the bat it's not like the bat is the is like the gonna be the game breaker here yeah no like it's so so what yeah it it's it's like you need to like unlock the key to to open the door of winning the match but but at like at what cost it's just so tedious yeah it it it's i don't know Pi- yeah uh, there are a lot i wrote down a lot of notes here because i of, of moves i assumed was gonna get the 10 count and then they don't uh yeah there were like two or three nine counts here it was yeah nuts. public enemy hits mikey whitbrick with one of their uh the drive-by combo which is where johnny grunge hits uh a reverse ddt and then uh rock rock, rock hits him with a top rope senton so Mikey gets up from that or no, Mikey doesn't get up from that. Cactus Jack runs in with a fucking steel chair, brains, both the public enemy and then picks Jack back up and then picks Mikey Whipwreck up. Yeah. But so, Jack, so, so Jack, Jack hits, there's this whooping people with a chair, hits a DDT on Rocco Rocco to chair onto the chair that gets a nine count. Then he hits both the public enemy with a DDT also on the onto a chair for also a nine count yeah which i appreciate you trying to do that's the other thing about this they want to do they clearly want to do like near false spots but those are the goddamn 10 count so again it's way more tedious Mm -hmm. and but this but the but the chair related nonsense does get johnny grunge blades and he's busted open and when he gets up he chalks he throws powder in chat and cactus jack's face to blind him yep. and so now it's two on one on whipwreck but whipwreck he's got the bait he's got the comeback fire he's going back and forth on these guys and then the public enemy remember they're fighting mikey whipwreck and they <laughs> throw mikey whipwreck into cactus jack and cactus jack ddt's mikey whipwreck while he's blinded and like- that is what gets the 10 count yeah so it's it's like double shenanigans also bullshit that that cactus jack can hit a D- ddt while blinded but like while not knowing who the fuck he's grabbing come on dude mikey Whipwreck is so much smaller than both johnny grunge and rocco rock why did you think that was a, someone i get the DDT feeling Nick? just kind of based on how we've described things the cactus jack made us be trying to sabotage Whipwreck, which in which in which case what the fuck cactus jack why is everyone so mean to this kid jesus yeah. so mike so uh, public enemy grabs the bat gets the bats and then they start going to town I will say, jumping back a little bit, there was a spot mm-hmm. that I have to highlight because it was 
it was like Public Enemy gets Mikey Whipwreck like in the middle of the goddamn ring, and then Rocco goes to one of the corners and climbs up to the top rope. And you said, "I don't believe Rocco Rock can jump that far." And this man proceeds to fucking like Swanton bomb or some shit from top rope of the corner all the goddamn way to the middle of the ring and hits it perfectly. Yeah, what that was the, the that was the drive that was the drive by. Yeah, yeah, no, but like the length, the distance he got on that was nuts. And you're like, oh, he's never, it's literally the, he's never going to make that drive by meme. And then he makes it and you spit out your cereal. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I got it. I got a cop to that one. I, uh, I misjud, I misjudge Rocco Rock. That, that was one. good. No, it was, it was dope. But it was funny that you were like, I don't think he's ever going to hit that. Um, but yeah, uh, Mikey does fire back, and again, please stop treating him like a pathetic child. But then Cactus hits the hits the DDT and 10, 10 count. Waka Waka the bats in play. Uh, <laughs> now whoops. the real match can begin. Uh, public, <laughs> bullshit. Public enemy, they grunge and Jack grunge and Jack end up brawling all the way to the locker room. Meanwhile, Rocco Rock and Mikey Whipwreck they brawl up to the stage area where Joey Styles sits. Yes, and and, one, and 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 once they're once they're up to the 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 stage area and kind of getting to the more elevated platforms, uh, for mm-hmm. for for like the the viewers and the like whatever overhead shit they got behind them. Yeah, Rock in the Rock crowd pimps my fucking rule. Yup, yup. He because he he grabs some ta- some wooden tables and stacks them up. To put uh, whip oh, through them. He 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 doesn't just grab one table. He grabs like four of them. Oh man, Austin's first rule is getting real antsy now. Yeah. Uh, someone in the crowd yells, "Mikey, you could have been a contender." Homie quoting Rocky at us. I out here, dude. This crowd, this crowd was the saving goddamn grace of this show. They had so they had enough like good fun bits that I was like, "All right, you guys are pretty all right. I I, yeah. I can get down with you." Even if the rest so, of the show's kind of shit. Yeah, so Rocco rolls Whiprack onto the tables, and he gets up to, like, a balcony area above the stage. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. going to jump off. And then Sabu comes out of fucking nowhere. For some and, reason. Yeah, I don't understand why he's interfering on this. But he know. comes to stop Rocco Rock, and then fucking Paul E. Dangerously and 911 come out to stop Sabu. Yeah. So they nine one one very loosely tries to hold back Sabu, and, but fails somehow. And Sabu breaks free just enough to like push Rocco Rock off the balcony. And the camera, by the way, misses entirely what happens here. Mm-hmm. Rocco Rock. By this point in time, Mikey Whipwreck has rolled off the tables, so Rocco Rock goes through the tables himself from getting pushed over by Sabu, except Sabu pushed him too far and Rocco Rock just barely hit one table. He yeah. almost he almost cracked his fucking head on them. God, yeah, the bot. Yeah, it could have been Sabu crippling someone tonight, but oh no. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no. The, the, this shit gets weird for... Yeah, wh- why the hell is every single match here messy endings? Like I don't not nothing has really ended because super that clean is here. extreme. I, it's extremely annoying when you don't have any other like good storytelling to back it the fuck up. God, 
Yeah, so Mikey Whipwreck grabs a chair and just starts blasting. Uh, anyway, start blasting. Including at one point, he manages to like hit, he like pushes Rago Rock through a table and the table breaks, or maybe it was already broken, but like Rago Rock falls through the shards of a table and Whipwreck just keeps beating him with his chair until Johnny Grunge runs back in with a bat to hit Whipwreck and then Cactus Jack runs in and like spears Grunge into the wall hmm. and ta- taking him out of it and then by this point and then Cactus Jack takes Rocco Rock and kind of lightly uh suplexes him onto another table sitting over by where Styles is <laughs> and then Cactus Jack climbs up the balcony and does his fucking elbow drop through the table to put Rocco Rock. Thankfully, the camera caught this one perfectly. Yeah, that Rocko was Rock a, that was a dope through, spot. Yeah, Rocco Rock has went through like three tables, and he's Rocko the only person Rock in this. Dead. He's the only person in this match going through tables. Yes, yes, he is. Uh, he is a very dead boy by the time this is all done. <laughs> yeah, so everyone brawls their way back to the ring, and mm-hmm. they. I forget how they take Jack Cactus Jack out of the equation, but they do. Mm-hmm. And Cat Johnny Grunge is in the ring with Mikey Whipwreck, and he ta- he has like a flying forearm off the top rope, but with a bat in his hand to hit Whipwreck in the face. And the yeah. public enemy pin him one, two, three. The public enemy are tag team champions again. Yeah, yeah happy for them i guess they finally got their revenge tm Mm -hmm. god this was this was probably like the coolest of the matches of the night just based on everything that was going on but god it was so tedious and confusing and the camera work did no fucking favors you said earlier that like you know it stopped being good camera work at one point i i just say there was no good camera work in this thing it was just mm-hmm. what was convenient for the camera to pick up sometimes it was what we needed to see sometimes it very much was not yeah so uh i will just quickly say is that whipwreck you know cactus jack tries to call for medical to help out but then whipwreck <laughs> just kind of gets up yeah and so he, he has to get carried out by jack but he does leave ems is having help. a hell of a night <laughs> and over we, here and let we, me tell we, you yeah and then we talked about sabu benoit already so honestly like this has been an arc i've actually really enjoyed overall. yeah like the week-to-week tv of ecw as much as it's too much recaps uh is actually kind of been fun yeah it's been goofy and like and like overwrought and clearly it's still ecw in its infancy and a lot mm-hmm. of kinks to work out but you can tell there's something there and some of the core storytelling has been really fun yeah and November to remember. Well, I'll remember this all right as being a pretty bad show. This was not a good like, show I, at all. I wanted to have more positive things to say. Yeah. Because I didn't really. As the matches were mostly kind of blah. blah to a yep. lot of one-sided boring matches here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story beats are confusing half the time. Uh, yeah and 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 just 
even when you can kind of get a grip on what's going on, they're either overwrought or kind of stupidly written, mm -hmm. not terribly compelling, et cetera, et cetera. The, no, the no, nothing the, is kind of like really systemically good on this show, yeah, unfortunately. The, the, we've talked enough about how the production is really bad. And I want to emphasize that at least for me, I am absolutely terrible at talking about production. It's a thing mm. I don't largely understand, so I don't comment on it uh, very much compared to narrative stuff. So when yes. I'm telling you that I noticed how fucking bad this production was, Anyone I'm telling you it, it was rough. It's egregious. It's awkward. The technical specs are not there. It's mm -hmm. rough. It feels amateurish a lot of the time. It, it's... It, there's no sense of pacing, no real like editing or anything. Even though this didn't seem like it was a live I don't telecast think at all. Yeah, I don't think that it doesn't feel like they edited shit. Yeah, they could except, have edited thing, edited except things to down, do, except to do like blur, do like the burp when it's time yeah. to move on to a different match. But even then, they don't like clearly linger on stuff a lot to kind of simulate the general feel of having been there live. And of all the things, the brrr, like between matches looks like a goddamn mistake of the VHS. Like it doesn't look like. Yeah, it looks like the effect. VHS broke. Yeah. So it just no. This is this was not a well put no. together pay per view from a technical no. standpoint or a storytelling standpoint. And a lot of the work, you know, was, sometimes that fall to the wrestlers, sometimes very much not, just because like the match circle or whatever was iffy. This was not a. God, what a mm. disappointing way to end this all and up. Like, I, I've enjoyed this arc so much overall. Oh, we're not done with this arc. We got oh, we're not? Okay, cool, no. cool, cool. You made it sound like we were, and I was like, oh, okay. No, sorry. I, I was just uh, I was I was trying to talk up ECW in 94. I have enjoyed, for the most part, yeah. my time in watching ECW 94. Yeah. Clearly, clearly rough around the edges and clearly not as good as ECW would be later. Oh, in yeah. Its, in its, but, like, enjoyable. But it, holy it, shit, this show was bad. Pain. And like the our central angle here, the Sandman Tommy Dreamer angle, as much as I enjoyed elements of the Sandman fake retirement arc, yes. like Tommy Cairo deciding to be like, fuck Sandman actually. And the, and the hilariously overwrought retirement videos that made it sound like he's fucking dead. Dead, as, as wrestling companies are wont to do. Overall, it's a kind of it's kind of a complete misfire from the work shoot you did last time because it was a month of essentially nothing to get back to the exact same point as yep. where you were at when the I Quit match happened. Yeah, that's the thing. It's there's just no, a goddamn there's no circle. Character, there's no character progression anywhere because Sandman just goes back to being a dickhead. He yeah. It was all a ruse. Tommy Dreamer being like having like a come to Jesus about how terrible he's he how how he cannot let go what he did and how he is completely repentant over it. Who doesn't fucking matter because it was all fucking fake. Yeah, and, and then they don't they don't do anything to be like, oh, I've changed so much as a person. Like, nope, he's mm -hmm. just kind of like badass now, and that's super cool. Okay, whatever, bye. Yeah, it like. Yeah, it, it all just it goes in a circle for and it was and that is not inherently bad in this in the sense that a lot of wrestling stories end up going in circles. But you had something with the with the work shoot thing. Hmm. And it's disappointing that you didn't really do anything with it. Yep. 
you know, kind of a kind of a letdown. Uh, I guess I guess we'll have to hope the cool off when we're when we're back here next time is a little bit more compelling. Because yeah, man, I I miss I miss the the simple baby promotion kind of getting to tell a kind of cool building up origin story of a new hero. This because yeah. this was not that. This was just dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. I, I wish I had like a thing I could really hype up and say that like at least watch this from November to remember '94, mm-hmm. and I don't really think I have anything that worthwhile going out of your way to see. No, not really. No. Uh, so that's it for this episode. Uh, yeah, we've had a we've had a couple of episodes now in a row that don't end on a great note. Yeah, but yeah, well. next next time I feel God if next time ends on a bad note I don't know what, how I'm going to deal with it oh, because no. next time on the Noobs and Knockouts podcast we do a special another special episode as yes next as next week yes we will be both I will be in Detroit Michigan along with David and we and we will be going to AEW Dynamite blood and And guts guts! yes you guys are in for such a treat next week this is gonna be our most special episode yet not only not only are we there for AEW dynamite blood and guts we we get the full live AEW experience we get a dark elevation taping we get fucking blood and guts we get a rampage taping after that and not only is it gonna be austin and me since it's a live show of course daniel's back Kyle's back, Robbie's back, and a brand new guest you guys have never seen before. The the brand new roommate and and now uh, newest addition to the kind of noobs and knockouts crew, Dom is joining us. A special, super special fucking what was that? One, two, That's six three, people. Four, God, five, this is gonna be six person. A six goddamn person noobs and knockouts episode four-hour live event of the company that we watch week to week. This is going to be the coolest shit oh, ever, you guys. Yeah. Oh, God. Hope it's not <laughs> Hope it's not as stressful sounding as, 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 I can, as it already feels like it's going to be. It'll be fun. My boy, you know, my boys are good. They're chill. You tell them to do something, they'll do it. It'll, we'll, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a good time. It will it be a little chaotic. Sure. But also that's kind of when our show gets the most fun. I suppose so. So <laughs> then that is for next time until then, David hit our plugs. Yes, sir. My friends, dear, dear friends. Thank you all so much for joining us once again on another episode of the news and knockouts podcast. Hey, Veterans of the show, you know the drill. Thank you so much for once again welcoming us back into your eardrums, your eyeballs, whatever it is you to use to consume our content. We hope you've had a great time once again. Thanks for it all. You know how this goes. Brand new people. Hey, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for checking us out. We here at the Noobs and Knockouts podcast like to think we are friendly to both noobs and knockouts alike. So whether you're brand new to the wrestling fandom on a whole or you're you're a veteran of this wild, wacky world, we hope you feel welcome here. We hope you had a great time here. If you would like to keep having a great time with us and you're not entirely sure how to do so, not to worry, my friends, I have you covered. First of all, you can find us on YouTube. We are the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on YouTube. Hit subscribe, ring that bell, and make sure it turns a nice little solid color so you get notifications every single time we drop a brand new episode. Give us that sweet, sweet like, comment, whatever, engagement, and 
super cool. Check out our playlist. Austin has been kind enough to organize every single arc, storyline, etc. that we follow into its own separate playlist. So if there's a specific thing you want to follow all the way down, you can do that without skip, uh, having to skip around too much. It's super cool. And you can see our beautiful, lovely faces and our awesome, pretty HUD and all of the little secret visual gags we hide in here for all the people who deign to use their eyeball, uh, eyeballs to check us out on the, as well as their ears. But, of course, we have our audio-only experience as well. For those who want to just listen to us, you can find us on Spotify, on Google, on Apple Podcasts, three of the best places to find your podcast. Check us out there. Give us that old that that old review, a nice little good review, that five-star rating if you'd be so inclined. Download us and just generally let people in the algorithm know these guys are pretty cool. Maybe more people should check them out. I don't know. I'm just saying. So that's for consuming our content. If you want to kind of get in contact with us, there are three main ways to do so. First of all, you can find us on our Twitter. We are at Noobs and NoxPod on Twitter. That's at Noobs, the letter N, NoxPod on Twitter. Come check us out there. It's good. It's a good time. Memes, discourse. We post every single time we drop a brand new episode so you guys know what the hell is going on. And of course, the highlight of the Twitter, weekly wrestling live tweeting. My friend, what is on the dock coming up? Of course. So, as usual, every Wednesday night, except for, I guess, except next for week. Except for next week. <laughs> we're going to be a little busy. Yeah. Normally, though, we, every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern on TBS is AEW Dynamite. We both watch. At least one of us is usually live tweeting it every single week. Uh, in addition, uh, I keep up with WWE, AEW, and Impact Wrestling pay-per-views. Upcoming on that is we for AEW we have their crossover show with New Japan Pro Wrestling the Forbidden Door. Indeed, that should be going up probably the day we post this episode. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh on the pre-show, Max Caster and the Gun Club or as, or as the better name, the Ass, the Ass Boys. Scissor me, Daddy. Daddy Ass. ass. Versus Yuya Uemura, Alex Coughlin, the DKC, and Kevin Knight in the most, this is the opening match of a New Japan show match in existence. <laughs> uh, outside of that, we have John Moxley versus Hiroshi Tanahashi for the interim AEW World Championship, the, the ace of New Japan against arguably the ace of AEW true, uh, true. for the interim title until CM Punk gets, gets back from injury. A four-way match for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Jay White, the Switchblade, the Knife Pervert, versus <laughs> Kazuchika Okada, the Rainmaker, the man who is actually a babyface, despite how much that name doesn't sound like a babyface name. Uh, <laughs> the, the the anxious millennial cowboy, Hangman Adam Page, Adam Page. and the and the world's greatest ineffective simp, Adam Page, <laughs> Oh, good shit! And and a another four way match for the AEW over the new AEW All Atlantic Championship. Please do not put in the comments about how how so and so competitor is not actually from this side of the Atlantic. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> it is Pac, the bastard Miro, who is going to redeem all you motherfuckers and kill God. <laughs> Malachi Black, who is a cult, who is in a cult. Who he just is a cult. He Malachi Black is a cult. Yes, that's how yes, that works. you're right. And Clark mm -hmm. Connors, who dresses like he's Crocodile Dundee or something. 
Uh, <laughs> sure, why not? Then in a six-man tag match, the Sex Gods, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara and Minoru Suzuki, who is definitely not a sex god. Well, he doesn't call himself <laughs> one. I think he's a sex god. Versus Eddie Kingston, Wheeler Yuta, and Shota Umino. That should be a nice hard-hitting match. Uh, the United an IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship match. Will Ospreay, one of the best wrestlers in the world, leader of the United Empire, versus mm. Orange Cassidy, one of the laziest wrestlers in the world today. True. Uh, in a three-way winner-takes-all tag match for both the Ring of Honor Tag Championships and the IWGP Tag Championships, you got FTR, the Ring of Honor Champions, the Great Ocon, who has a great, who has a a a, 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 a Mongolian gimmick, and Jeff Cobb as, as the United Empire versus Rapungi Vice, Trent Beretta, and Rocky Romero. That's going to be a very fun match. Uh, for the AEW Women's World Championship, it is Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm going to go at it. Uh, New Japan doesn't have a women's division, but it is nice to see two former uh, stardom wrestler, two former Joshi uh, wrestlers who have worked Joshi before getting to have this match in the best, kind of the best implementation of it you can. Uh, an eight-man tag team match between the Bullet Club, El Fantasma, Hikaleu, and the Young Bucks versus... The dudes with attitudes, that's Darby Allen and Sting, uh, face painty boys with attitude. Uh, they could they could get a they could uh they could be Power Rangers with that their kind of attitude. <laughs> face and, paint daddy and face paint son. Yep, and Shingo Takagi and Hiromu Takahashi of Los Ingobernables Day hop on yes. uh, tag team in together in an eight-man tag match, and then Zack Saber Jr. Uh, one of the best uh, technical wrestlers in the planet today is going to face a mystery debut. Oh, who knows shit. who that could be? The newest uh, but, member of the Blackpool Combat Club, too. And Yep. So then, that is it for AEW. For WWE, they have on July 2nd, it will be money in the bank. MITB. Yep. Uh, right. The matches so far is Bianca Belair, uh, the EST. She is strong as fuck. Taking on Carmella for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, she is hot as fuck. Unfortunately, mm. Rhea Ripley is injured, so that Oof. had to be changed. So uh, many goddamn month. injuries this summer. It is insane how many wrestlers are injured right now. Uh, a money, the Money in the Bank match for the Men's World Championship and the Women's Championship. Uh, Ronda Rousey versus Natalya for the SmackDown Women's Championship, a match I don't really care about, except Natalya has roasted the fuck out of Ronda Rousey on Twitter. On so Twitter, you know I know. I'm having fun with. I'm having fun with that. I saw that. That was so fucking dope. Yeah, uh, the Usos versus the Street Profits for the WWE Tag Team Titles, and Austin Theory versus Bobby Lashley for the US Title. So a lot of good matches there. Should be a fun show. And then upcoming for Impact Wrestling, their next pay-per-view is Bound for Glory. Uh, that is happening probably sometime in October. It's so far out, they haven't even announced a date yet. Uh, but we will keep you up to date on that one as it happens. But that Hell is yeah. what is coming up for our Twitter. Yeah, be sure to check all that out. It's a great time on the Twitter. If you like listening to us ramble on this show, I mean, it's pretty much that over on the Twitter. Austin's mm -hmm. and my voices carry over pretty well, I think, to, to what the hell we have to tweet. And 
you know, I like to think we're both pretty fun company for wrestling. So check us out there at Noobs and Knox Pod on Twitter. Of course, there is also our email address for super direct contact with us, more long form contact. That's noobs and knockoutspot at gmail.com. Noobs, the word and this time, knockoutspot at gmail.com. Come say hi to us there. Tell us just what you like about the show, what you don't like, things you want to see more of, less of, requests for any specific kind of content you want to see on the show. Uh, wrestling media companies, eras, storylines, etc., etc. Uh, start Discord with us, yell at us for our hot takes, or tell them how base we are. Just generally tell us that our sweet dulcet tones lull you to sleep every night. Whatever it is, we love people saying hi. We would love to say hi back. Come check us out, noobs and knockouts pod at gmail.com. Then, of course, finally, there is our Patreon. We are also the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on Patreon. $1 a month gets you early access to episodes and a shout-out at the end of each episode. Shout-out to our $1 patron, the Sugar Daddy, Kyle Smith, for supporting us, as always. Enjoy your perks, buddy. If you want to hop on those perks with Kyle, come check us out. Noobs and Knockouts podcast on Patreon.com. I'll see you all next time. Hasta luego.